Sacks Network production. This is the Fly Moto 60 Show. Presented by Empire. On PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races. With your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the show. Welcome, everybody. Thursday, March 19th, 2014. The Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. Presented by NFAB is live. Coming at you. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. We're going to spend the hour here talking to Jason Wygant of RacerXOnline.com. Jason Thomas of uh, Western Power Sports Fly Racing slash RacerX. About Toronto. Coming up this weekend, Toronto Rogers uh, Sky Dome in downtown Toronto is round 12 of the Monster Oil, Monster Oil, Monster Energy uh, AMA Supercross Series. Looking forward to that. Should be a, a good one. I always like going to Toronto because, uh, well, you know, I'm uh, I'm Canadian. So, uh, good favorite race of the year, no doubt. Can't wait to get up there and try some poutine. Uh, lots of things happen in Detroit, and we'll go over through that. Uh, we're also going to give away two tickets to Toronto, courtesy of Anfab. And uh, the folks at NFAB, in case you didn't know, in case you didn't recognize, they have the finest trucks, accessories, money can buy. They've got you covered. Step systems, light mounting solutions, bumpers, Jeep gear, whatever. Dress up your rig with the hottest looking, hardest working accessories out there. N-Fab.com. Proud sponsor of JGR Yamaha team. It's the uh, Toyota JGR NFAB team. And uh, Justin Brayton, Josh Grant, Phil Nicoletti, all on board with those guys. N-Fab.com. We're also giving away valued at uh, over 150 bucks fly racing mountain bike package. That's right. Who knew? I got some killer mountain bike stuff. And uh, so we're going to uh, expose that to you guys. I know this is a motocross supercross show, but uh, ah, mountain biking isn't so bad for you. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get some stuff and dust off my uh, old GT I got in the garage. Uh, fly racing mountain bike package, a short, some shorts, socks, and a Ripa jersey. Uh, just two random call. Random caller, 702-586-7857, 702-586-PULP, and uh, just don't call in and beg for it. We're just going to give it to you, just going give it to give it to a, a happy guy. Uh, like I said, I'm Steve Mathis, with me producing the show, taking your calls, handling things behind the scenes, the Tits Legendary. Tits, what's up? What's up, Steve? How are you? Good. Did you say the, the, the Ripa jersey? Mm-hmm. I have that. You do? I do. It's really good. Of course, did you get it for free? No, I paid for no, it. No, you didn't. I swear on everything. No, they you didn't. They sent me free stuff, but I paid for that. Okay, and 100%. can you give us a review, please? Well, did I you enjoy I, the Ripper jersey. It's cool because the the sleeves, the the bottom like three quarters of it, uh-huh. you can go. The reason why they call it a Ripper, you don't actually rip it; you'd cut it. I off. I thought it was after Jimmy Dakota. You, you, right? It's it's not a jersey thing. You can actually convert it um, to a, a three quarter sleeve, like it. it provides a place where oh, you can yes. do that and so, if you have a if you have a sleeve with tats it looks bitchy. yeah it looks right. really cool right. um so yeah it's it's a good jersey though like it's lightweight it breathes well and uh that's actual real life testimony folks yeah folks yeah From so they literally have it fly racing mountain bike package over 150 bucks we're gonna give it to a random caller uh jason wygant coming up here uh shortly from uh racer x and uh of course your call 702-586-7857 what do you think of dean wilson it's been fast. It's also gone backwards in the 450 races. What do you think of Adam Cincirillo? What about Martin Davalos? Martin Davalos eating crap in practice, still coming back, winning a heat race, leading the main for a little bit until he crashed. Uh, how do you feel about that? I wrote in my column. I don't know how I felt about that. 
Props to Martin for coming out and racing. It's an ugly crash. But then again, he won a heat race and he crashed in the main event, which he's done a lot. So maybe we need to come down on him, like usual. I don't know. I sit on the fence. What do you guys think? Uh, 450 class, RV, not happy after uh, Detroit. Check out his post-race interview with Jim Hawley if you want to see his, his reactions, his mood to that race. Um, being interviewed by uh, Hawley, not not too happy with that. And uh, and also, um, Ken Roxon. Wow, he's officially out of it uh, now, I would think. That's two out of the last three races that um, he has had one point. And that pretty much knocks him from second to fourth. Don't know why he didn't push his bike backwards, though. I mean, he had a rock stuck in his caliper. Looked like he was trying to go forward. Obviously, the bike wasn't letting him. He was kicking it. That wasn't going to do anything. Just push it backwards. Just push it backwards. And uh, I don't know. It cost him some points. I mean, he was going to be uh, jacked anyways, but uh, I think he could have got out of there sooner had he pushed it backwards. But if ifs and buts were candies and nuts. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show presented by NFAB. Let's get to some calls. Coming up with Wygant, though. Mike, what's up, man? Hey, how you guys doing? Good. Thanks for calling. What's happening? I got a student alarm pump. Uh, back in the 60s and 70s, my dad was a open-class expert motocross rider. Uh-huh. Uh, won the local district in Pennsylvania several times. And he actually had to retire from motocross to the arm pump. And later on in history, in the 80s, I started road racing. And my arms were great up until about the age of 22 or 23. Okay. And then my arm pump got so bad. And I couldn't feel the front brake going into the corners. That's dangerous. At which point, I had to stop racing. I uh, still ride motocross today. Um, so the question is: Is you know, did Dean Wilson's dad ever ride? Uh, is this hereditary? I think it's hereditary. Well, um, no. I, I mean, uh, Mike. I mean, I get what you're saying um, for sure. But Dean won a national championship. Dean has won up until this year. He won seven 250 Supercrosses. He's never shown right. arm pump getting older. to be a problem. He is getting older, but I mean, it's only. A I never had it. I never had it when I was young, but when I got older, I had it. And then, um, yeah. So I mean, I it's a theory. No, it's a theory, and that's what arm pump is, man. Uh, it's a yeah. theory. Um, um, but no one really knows what it is. Uh, if I'm Dean and I'm Chad and I'm Mitch Payton, I am looking at everything that I'm doing. Uh, supplement-wise, training-wise, anything like that. Riding the bike, we know. He's got no problems. It's, 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 it's easy. Everything else is great. It's right. got to be I was a heavyweight. I was a heavyweight lifter also, and I don't think that did me any good. No, I don't think so. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't I, I lifted heavyweights. I didn't, you know, I didn't lift light. Uh, and then I recently had arm surgery on both my arms at the age of 47. Oh, okay. Um, right. And it actually has worked, you know. Right. I mean, I'm nowhere near at that level, but it has worked. So. Okay. All right. Another option for him. No, thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. I know they're looking. I know that. So thanks, man. All right, man. All right. Uh, yeah, Dean Wilson's arm pump. Definitely the, the everyone's searching. Everybody's looking. Trying to figure out what's going on. He's got one more race, I believe, in the uh, in the 450 class. I don't think he's going to do um, St. Louis. I think he's going to do Toronto, and then I think that's it. Uh, after St. Louis, they go back to the west for Houston. So I think it's one more race for Dean, and uh, and we'll see how it goes. Um, let's get uh, a guy who's very excited about Dean Wilson's uh, races lately. Uh, fan club member number 0004 after Jason Thomas, who's 0003. 
racerxonline.com editor. Jason Wygant, welcome to the show. Excited to be here. Did you know that uh, I was actually doing a, uh, an additional radio show almost at the same exact time as yours? Did, no. did you feel the heat? No, I did not. Uh, was it, no, was it speed? all action sports radio broadcasting on FM stations all over the country started at three o'clock, and they just called me. I thought it was Speed Week Weekly or whatever, <laughs> or whatever uh, that was, the German gossip uh, mag. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so this is a real like on on FM radio. This blows us away. <sighs> That's what they tell me. That's what they blowing tell you me. away, bro. All right, hey, um, uh, Mike just came on and had a theory that Dean Wilson's arm pump is hereditary from Andy. I think we should. I think we should ask Andy about that. I think we should bring that uh, up. Andy would actually love love to answer that question. He would, and then he would grab you I, in a headlock. Yeah, you know what? I think it, I don't know if this has anything to do with it. I bet you Dean's dad puts in more laps on a motocross bike than any of the other dads in the pits. Mm. Don't you think? Yeah, he rides a lot. He rides a lot. Yes, yes. No, he he likes it. No, yeah, that, that could be true. That could be true. So maybe he's getting arm pump in all those motos, and then like one of those time life books, like where the mom burns her hand and the daughter feels the pain. Yeah, he gets uh, arm pump on a farm in Florida, and boom, Dean's arms blow up. Is this a wrestling reference? Is this where you're coming from? The Undertaker, mystery to the unknown. The, the Paul Bearer gets arm pump, and the Undertaker felt it out there on the ring. I don't know. Um, Who's in that urn? Uh, welcome to the Fly Racing Moto Sixty Show, presented by NFAB. We're going to give away a fly racing mountain bike uh, package. Who knew, Weege? They make mountain bike stuff. But uh, And uh, two tickets to Toronto, courtesy NFAB. So, um, cool. hey, I think I said it was Thursday earlier when I opened the show. It's Wednesday today. Oh, it, it, today's Wednesday. It, uh, because I, I did this because uh, I thought it was Thursday, but uh, I am going to Toronto Thursday. That is why I could not do this show tomorrow because I love going to Toronto. And, Weege, you're going to Toronto for the first time in a couple of years. Yeah, I'm excited about uh, Loose Moose and the rest. Um, I, I do like Toronto a lot, although I'm not going to allow you to sit here and claim how much you love Toronto. You know as well as anyone, you could have just gone from Detroit to Toronto and hung out there all week. Where's the dedication? Oh, please. First of all, it's really cold. Second of all, I was just in Florida for a week. but um, uh, And there's no more Loose Moose party. It's now moved. I'll have to fill you in on that later. Um, Is there street meat? Yeah, there's still street meat. There's street meat everywhere. Yeah. Okay. As long as I can get some sausages at three in the after or three in the morning. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. No. Sausages, poutine, anything you need. Um, oh yeah. Hey, this is actually kind of a sneaky underrated round. It's kind of good. The dirt's. I mean, we've come a long way from a, uh, the dirt melting, and it being an enduro cross and uh, BBMX sweeping the 250 podium, um, with their three guys with with nobody meaning nobody was supporting the race factory wise. And we've come a long way from only having 23 guys. Everybody makes a main event 450 class uh, that we had maybe three or four years ago. This uh, The dirt's been good. The crowd has been growing every year. I'm telling you, I know it's Canada, so everybody's going to get on me about it, but this is a, this is an underrated round. Now, I agree. I, I, I was there when it started. You know, December, That would have been December of 2004, I think was the first one. Yeah, December of 2004. Um, yeah, and it was. Kind of, I had never been to Toronto before. Shame, I know. But... Uh, you know, the Northeast had been so underserved for events, you know, and until this year they're bringing one back to New Jersey. But for the most part, there really wasn't anything close. And Toronto actually was, but no one thought of it that way because they're like, yeah, but that's Canada. But I think I feel like each year that a few people go, they say, hey, you know what? It was actually fine. The border wasn't too hard to cross. 
the weather wasn't as bad as you think, the stadium's really cool, the city's really cool, don't worry about the exchange rate and all this other stuff, it's fine, just go. And now people are realizing the big glut of people that don't have a race to go to up there, I think, are realizing, wait, we actually do. It's just in another country, but it's totally drivable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's solid. Mm-hmm. Good, good round. Um, hey, do you remember, a little trivia for you, you might remember there was one year of Supercross, I think 2008, where they let riders design the tracks. Yes. Oh, yeah. Who oh. designed Toronto? Oh, no, no. I know. I know. Tim Ferry. The great Tim Ferry designed it. Did they do that for you? I don't know. I don't know, actually. I, I remember being very excited about it, though. Very, very happy about it. Um, One Supercross track ever was designed by Tim Ferry, and it was in Canada. Yeah, fantastic. Hey, yeah. do you think Cole Thompson uses the push from the hometown crowd? And he is from basically Toronto. I mean, well, I mean it's hours, a couple hours away, but basically Toronto area. Uh, does he use the hometown crowd to uh, maybe pull, get a win? I'm really curious about that because – Obviously, when we go to Minneapolis, it's the Dungey race. Or we go to New Orleans, it's the, the Wyndham race. The Supercross fans, promoters, the riders' teams themselves, they know which races to focus on. I mean, we just saw Nick Way get into opening ceremonies, even though he was, I think, 13th in points or whatever. Um, but this is uncharted waters. We never had the home Canadian race. So does it work the same way? Will they do the same thing? Will they... Bring him out extra at opening ceremonies. Will they pump it up? Are they aware of this? Does it work the same? He's what do done, you think? He's done Toronto before um, as a privateer, and they've not done yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah, he's, they've not he's, done he's it. Little, I don't think yeah. they do. I don't think they do it for him. He's 250 class, so it's not quite star, right. you know, star power yeah. guy. But uh, um, I don't think they do. But I, I feel like Cole should be doing a little bit better than what he's on, than what he's been doing. He, he's got a full Jason Anderson bike. You know, we saw that thing um, win races on the West Coast. What I'm worried about for him is, uh, and we've heard riders in the 250 class get afraid of this before. You know, if you get one shot on a good team and you don't deliver, then the teams are like, okay, yeah, don't worry about that guy ever again. Yeah, You know, you're off the shopping list. Yep. That's the fear here. If he doesn't get, I'd say, like maybe one podium in these final races, yeah. what will lead anyone to try him again later on? I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Talking about teams trying guys out, Dean Wilson. I think this is his last weekend. I don't think he's doing St. Louis because. Uh, uh, yeah, I talked to Chad about it. I don't think so. Um, yeah, probably right. So um, we can work with speed. I know you've been on that. I know you've been very happy that Mitch Payton said that. But is this if he had never raced four fifties? Okay, just we know he's going next year four fifties. If he hadn't done this Team 2-2 thing, has he cost himself money or earned himself money with what he's done? If anyone thinks he's cost himself money, and maybe there are some teams that would now not want to offer him as much or not want to talk to him anymore, if they think that, they are idiots. They're idiots. Tits uh, tits is shaking his head right now. I was nodding my head. I was thinking, if it would have ended at Detroit, Daytona, yeah, maybe, but this last race not good. Another another bad Tits drop. Is, Tits is saying it's costing him. I'm a very knowledgeable individual, though, so take my <laughs> you know what my thoughts are. Right, you know. So we. So you are just just full steam ahead on this Wilson thing. This is he has made himself money. If he does not, that is because these teams are being stupid. Because wow. here's what everyone's looking for. 
when the musical chairs game is over. Mm-hmm. They're looking for a guy who can win, right? Well, you can't win if you can't go fast enough. You can't. We can talk about it all we want. Wait, I was, all to- I, I was, told, I was told earlier this year that everyone can win. Everyone has a chance to win. Oh, sorry. Sorry about that. Some um, privateers, everybody. You cannot win races if you can't go fast enough. If you do not have that ingredient first, mm-hmm. everything else doesn't matter. And we've seen a lot of teams, a lot of good, solid riders and good bikes and good crew and good teams and good trainers and good coaches and all these things go in the right direction. They are still not going to win a race, maybe ever, no matter what. With Wilson, you are in that game. You, it is, I mean, I would think you would have assumed he would be anyway because he's been pretty good on a 250, but now you've even seen, oh, crap, he can definitely do it on a 450. Or, to put it more simply, as Mitch Payton says, we can work with speed. Plus, it's Dean Wilson. We're not talking about Jason Lawrence. We're talking about a guy who's already won a 250 title, so it's not like he doesn't have dedication or you're questioning if he's going to just party it away. You know what I mean? Like, right. it, it seems like a fairly easy formula to fix. Okay. Wow. You're all you cannot in. buy that speed. You no. can't buy that speed. And no. I could name probably ten riders or, or ten teams but like, that wish they could. But, like, getting some arm pump and backing it down a bit, to me, is one thing. But he is, I mean, he is going backwards. And, I mean, obviously he's got arm pump, so it's dangerous. But, you know, so did Andrew Short or... Or, you know, of course, we always hear about riders getting tight, quote-unquote. They, they just mean tired or arm pump, whatever they, whatever they mean. They don't really – that's the code word for it. But um, a lot of riders out there get a little winded or get a little arm pump, and they lose a few spots. Dean is losing a lot of spots. It know. is true that this is biblical proportions uh, yeah. of arm pump. I will give you that. Um, Thank you. But this I'm is- still going to say that. You can bang your head up against the wall all you want, but when you when you have a guy who can't get there, you can't get him there. Here, all you got to do is figure out how to have him now have arm pump, and you are there. So you're basically looking at we've got a shot. You tell me there's a chance, and we have no chance. Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. You got a question for myself or RaceRex Online's Jason Wygant about uh, Toronto or anything's going on. Um, in the sport uh, from Detroit or uh, from, uh, heck, even from Anaheim. We'll answer some questions. Um, all right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll see what he can do this weekend. I, I, I mean, as I've said, he needs to be looking at everything that, uh, that he's doing on and off the bike. I, I th- well, maybe not so much on the bike. Maybe he can grip the bike better with his knees to take the pressure off his arms. But he should be looking at training methods, supplements, whatever he's doing. Because there's no way he, he went uh, – I think he finished on the podium 21 21- – times or 20 times out of 24 when he won the national yeah. title and yep. there is no chance he's doing that with arm pump so something's going on i say uh when he wins this weekend when he wins the 450 main when he puts it to villapoto Stu, Don, roxon straight up just beats him then you'll all know wow okay all right um will that be a canadian win will they will they claim that even no, even un- no. unnecessarily no i think the Canadians, I've taken the pulse of many Canadians. Uh, they are not on the Wilson thing. I, I know he wrote for Canada, Motocross the Nations, um, but, uh, and he won the B-Main, and he spent some time in Canada. But the Canadians have turned on him. The Scottish, really? the Scottish flag for the outdoors, whew. And then now the accent has come more to light. 
they've turned on him. Yeah, they, they do not. I do not think anybody considers him Canadian anymore. He's got friends up there, people who like him. But the general motocross fan in Canada, I don't believe roots for him anymore. And I wrote that years ago, and I got destroyed on some internet forum because he just, I mean, he just never felt Canadian to me, you know? Speaking of Canadian, Ross Rollerball Peterson going to Toronto this weekend. Oh, oh he will be treated like a home, uh, home special. I believe they're, they're pulling him out for an interview even at some point during the night. Excellent. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. All right, let's move on to the rest of the 450 class. So I had this theory about RV basically that goes, if he has traction, he rides great and he wins. But then I thought about Phoenix, where he came from about 10th to 1st in a, in a really great ride. And I kind of blew that theory out of the water. But it does seem, Weege, if he if he doesn't get the start, he's not pushing it too much. He's taking what he can get. He's got over a brace lead. He's 30-point lead or whatever. But I do think the track and his – I think if you see the track condition and you see where he comes out of that first turn, I think right then and there you can put down how he's going to do. Uh, yeah, I think that is that is true. Um and this is the this is the thing. Like, this is why I'm sure he's not pumped. We can say that he's got over a full race lead, and that's great. But there's no doubt that the last couple of years, if Villapoto was in like fifth or third, you know, he didn't have to have the whole shot. But if he was there, you were like, oh crap, there he is. Here he comes. Look out. Well, he's been in that position a couple times this year, and he was not able to make it happen. I'm sure at Anaheim too, when he was third behind Roxon and Reed, everyone was just waiting. When's it coming? When's it coming? And then it didn't happen. Yeah. San Diego behind Stewart, when's it coming? When's it going to happen? This weekend in uh, Detroit, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? After it doesn't happen a couple times, um, the riders sense that. I mean, they live and die by these results week to week. Sometimes it's not even realistic the way that they judge themselves, but all it takes is once. So now it's happened a couple times. I think he knows that you lose that mental edge just like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's there, realistic or not. I've got to think that there's a little less fear in everyone. Like you said, if he starts in fifth, and it's a slick track. That's that little bit of an edge. Um, He'll get a couple guys, or you know, or whatever. Or if somebody falls, he can get it. But the the, the guys up front, James Stewart, mostly, are if they're ahead of are him, are thinking, "Okay, I got this. I can yeah. beat this guy. I've done it before. Yeah. I got it." Yeah. Now I know it sounds insane to think that Stewart needs any second all time. Mm-hmm. You still need that confidence edge sometimes, and I think that he's given that back. So even if he ends up winning the title by fifty points this year. The air, the air of invincibility, I, be, I think, is worn off, and I think that's why you're not seeing Villapoto. He's not exactly partying because he's got a big points lead, but no, he's not pumped no, no, about losing no. these races, and that's why. Yeah, we saw him. We saw him with the uh, interview with Jim Hawley. Not pumped. Not pumped. Yeah. Uh, Fly yeah. Racing uh, Moto Sixty Show presented by Nfab seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. Got a question? You got something on your mind? Uh, give us a call. So. If Stewart finishes second in the points and has the most wins this year, is that still a good year for James? Yeah, I think so because the last couple of years have been, mm-hmm. you know, just getting anything going, sustaining anything consistently. Um, you know, if he at least strings together a solid five months, uh, I mean, it has yeah. done that in a long time. I mean, we had a little flash at outdoors two years ago. We had a win in Atlanta last year, a win at Millville. Like, it's never anything sustained. Yeah. So, I think he needs that. The only problem you're going to run into here is it'd be easy to hang your hat on it and say, okay, we're making steps forward again. We'll get even better next year. We'll win the title. But 
as always, you're just one year older. And I know years-wise, James isn't that old, but I talk about the odometer thing. Yeah. Got a lot of mileage on him. Yep. Um, it just seems crazy to me to think that he's going to, you know, say be better by the time he's 30 than he was right now when he's, what, 28? Yeah. So yep. that's the strange part to me. No, um, yeah, I agree. The window will close eventually. Right. He's, uh, but more, the most wins since 2011 for him. He had five wins in 2011 yep. uh, and uh, got three this year. So, so do you think, so we're, we got five rounds left. No, six rounds. Six rounds? What are we? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, six uh-huh. rounds. Six rounds left. My math's not good. Um, does he have more wins in RV at the end of the series? Mm, I think it's going to be close, but you want answers. I know you don't want waffling, so I'm going to say yes. Okay. Does he pass? I'm going to say yes. If he passes Carmichael and wins in the next two races, or no, I should say this weekend, he's two less starts than Carmichael. He has to win this weekend to be a quote unquote better supercar rider than Ricky Carmichael. Oh, okay. Do you think he does that? We're, we're going to, as always, take the five titles versus two out of the argument, right? No, you know what I mean. I mean, yeah. Oh, no, I mean, you're I mean, kidding. I understand. Yeah, I'm, I'm joking. It's, 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 it's remarkable, though, that. That that's what it is. I, I well, I'm going to throw this. I'm going to throw this uh, out there. Um, how many times did you actually see Stewart and Villapoto battle during these years of Villapoto winning the title? You didn't see it much, and they were in a lot of the same races together. It's not like Stewart missed yeah. the entire Supercross seasons. He'd missed a few races here and there. Right. It had gotten to the point where some people were theorizing that we know that James Stewart doesn't like to get beat straight up. He'll crash or win, and. When he knows that it's not going his way, the bike isn't right, or he's hurt, or whatever, he's not going to allow himself to get a whole shot and just have Villapoto straight up beat him. He's got to know that he's back in the position to win to make it happen. And in San Diego, he started behind him. He was willing to take that chance. I'm going to start right here with him. Mm-hmm. And then he, I mean, he ate Villapoto up that first lap. I mean, he was all over him. Yeah. Yep. Passed him, held him off the whole way. And I'm like, okay. I don't know if he was going to put himself in that position if he didn't think he could succeed. Uh, I, see I mean, how do you yeah, think James yeah, felt right, about Anaheim, right. too, letting himself hang out there and then Reed beat him straight up? The whole stadium saw it. I'm sure that doesn't feel good. No. So I don't think he'd be putting himself in that position for that to happen if he didn't think most of the time it's going to work out in my favor. Yeah, he can he's do it. got right. to be feeling that now. Yeah. He's got to be feeling like, I'll take on anybody anytime. I'll take my chances. I think I can beat him. Yeah, interesting theory. All right, let's get to some phone lines here. Uh, Fred, what's up, man? Hey, man, how are you? Good. Thanks for calling. Hey, so I was uh, I've been thinking about Dean Wilson and his uh, his rides and uh, your zero to fifteen scale and where you were ranking him. Yes, fifth, nine, and, eight, uh, eight or nine. Yeah, eight point five. Yeah, eight point five. Eight on. Okay, got it. Um, he uh, the problem when you look back is that you know he was riding so good for the first. 12, 13 laps, and then when Roxon and Dungey were on him, he starts tightening up, arm pump comes, it turns into a disaster. So now if you're a team manager, you're looking at him going, uh, do I really want to hire a head case and have to deal with that? Well, no, Wygant's why, like, why why giving him a blank check. Wygant is uh, giving him a blank check next year. We can work with yeah, him. Yeah, blank check is like 25 cents, so good, it's all right. It's a good point. It's a good point. Fair point. Yeah, the bank account will be overdrawn very quickly if you 
try to put a lot. I mean, of do you think it's him. hurting him right now? Do you think that if and a couple more rides like he's had, I don't think it's Fred, all of a sudden hurting him. Fred, I don't think calling him a head case is correct. I think he's got a physical problem with arm pump, and I don't think that's a head case. That's something going on, you know, physically with you. Um, I think Fred is a good point, though. You know, if you can really, I mean, I think you know, I'm sure that people are looking at lap times and the films and all this to figure out. Wait a minute, you notice that it only seems to happen when guys get right behind him. If that's the case, definitely something to be concerned about because you're going to be battling. That's for sure. Oh, so now you're off. I mean, when he's comfortable, when he's comfortable, you were talking about James Stewart and how it looks like he's going so fast, but it looks like he's going slow. The first 12 laps, he was the same. I mean, he's so big and lanky on that bike. He's sitting there looking lazy, but his lap times are flying. And then all of a sudden it comes apart, and he starts looking tight. And yeah, but you know, and I, I mean, is it the mental aspect causing the arm pump, or vice versa? That's the big question. Yep, that is a question. Thanks, Fred. Yep. All right, thank you. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and lots of theories. Giving away two yeah, tickets to point, Toronto. I don't think it's anything to worry about going forward, but great point, though. I have to agree. Yeah. Yep. Oh well, you're still all about them. Two tickets to Toronto, courtesy of the end folks at NFAB. Step systems, light mounting solutions, the bumpers, and Jeep gear. Jeep gear, Weege. N-Fab has your Jeep trucker SUV covered. N-Fab.com. Proud associate sponsors of the JGR Yamaha team with Brayton, Grant, Nicoletti. Did you go to the JGR uh, lunch this week? Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, uh, good time. How's everybody down there? Well, uh, a lot of notebooks because um, I believe there are going to be some big meetings because uh, obviously not what uh, not with the result that I'm sure Brayton wanted. He could, didn't really have much to give me, you know. He's yeah. just like, it just wasn't a good night. I, I, and you never know if it, that really means I don't know it wasn't a good night or I'm not going to tell someone in the press right now what the actual issue was. There's, yeah. You and I will get the same exact answer regardless. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt about it. Um, yeah, we're in the press. Fly racing, uh, mountain bike package still to give away. Short, sock, and a jersey. Who knew fly racing makes uh, awesome mountain biking things? But they do. Uh, Motley Lou, what's up? What's going on, Steve? What's happening? What's the hot setup this weekend? First on uh, bike, and then second on food. I'm going up there to rent for my buddy. Oh yeah, uh, there's a lot of good places to eat up there, man. Toronto's Toronto's prime. Are you talking about like trying to eat something while you're at the race day? Yeah, yeah, we're going up Friday, staying in Buffalo, crossing the border, okay. and then uh, well, and then in between in between practices or after the third practice for the night show, Kitty Corner to the Sky Dome. There's a pizza pizza place. It's usually pretty uh-huh. busy, but it's it's cheap. It's pretty decent pizza, and you can get it go because you got to worry about wrenching, Motley Lou. You can't, you know, you can't uh, take your time to go sit down somewhere. I hope you can't, anyways. You yeah, I hope I make the night show. I hear you. I hear no, you. you. So uh, other you than hand guards, what's the setup, Steve? Uh, I don't think you need hand guards at Toronto. There's some rocks. I don't think it's hand guardish, hand guard worthy. Yeah. The dirt will yeah, be a lot good. Of, a lot of guys run them. A lot of guys run them. Motley Lou knows. In Toronto? Oh yeah, dude. It looked like a gravel pit up there two years ago. Yeah, I think I think they 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 filtered a lot of those out though. I remember reading something about them spending some money and getting rid of some rocks. Mm. So I think I don't I think I think it was okay last year or it was better. I mean, you certainly bring 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 the hand guards, Lou. You know. The dirt's dry. Right, the dirt's dry, you know. It's definitely a little, uh, little silty. So you going up there for the hockey game tomorrow? No, there's no hockey game up there. Oh, I thought I thought you were going up early to go to a hockey game. No, I'm just going up to soak in Toronto, Motley Lou. That's it. Just oh, soak in the that mother country, huh? Yeah, yeah, you got it. All right, maybe I'll meet you up there. Sounds good. But who's who's your rider? Uh, the 389, Davy Starrett. 
Ah, uh, right. yes. Who? Who? What class? Uh, two fifty. He's lights class. He's an arena cross guy. Okay. All right. I'll keep a lo- I'll keep an eye out for him. Lou. Yeah, maybe I'll I'll meet up with you. We'll uh, bench race a little bit. If you need if you need mechanic tips, just let me know. Yeah, no, I'll pull up a Transworld video or two if I need to. There you go. Thanks, Lou. All right. All right. Yep. See ya. Um, another call. Speedweeks.com maybe has some videos you can check out too. What this? Speedweeks.com. Oh, speed, yeah, Speedweeks. Exactly. Um, hey, I want to. We got another call for Wilson. God. Okay, let's. Phil. Hey, what's up? What up? You want to talk about Dean? Hey. Yeah, sorry, he beat a dead no, horse. That's okay. but, uh, what's up? I think it is weird that he gets arm pump later in the race. I mean, usually comes early. But I guess my question is, you know, if you wrote for a team owner like Chad Reed, I mean, how long do you think he'll let that go on before he steps in and says something about maybe your training, your diet, uh, what he is or isn't eating? I, I would, mean, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, uh, Phil, if that's already happened, huh, again? I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I did talk to Chad after the race on a Saturday, and it really was a massive difference between, I'd say, like, Daytona was like, hey, overall, this was awesome, he's fast. And not from Chad, I think the overall vibe. Hey, it's a long race, 450 just yeah. started. It was not the exactly. same vibe after Detroit. I don't think Chad <laughs> was happy at all. I don't think he was pumped with it. And as he told me, he's not mad at Dean. He's more sad for him that this is happening. <laughs> He's definitely right. not, and, like, accepting of it. Yeah. yeah. I understand. And you got to think, you know, Rhino is a little bit different on how he trains, and, and it works for some people. It might not work for others. And, you know, I'm sure Chad's saying, if he was my team rider, I think that's something you'd have to look at. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I'm I wrong. I mean, I have nothing, no disrespect against Rhino. But, I mean, it's yeah, just, yeah, it's no, just I, how it is. I think you're right, Phil. I think you're right. Hey, right. do you mountain bike ride? Uh, Yeah, I love it, man. All right, you want to win the Fly Racing uh, Mountain Bike Package? That would be really sweet. It would be, wouldn't it? All right, stay on hold. Yeah, dude, a big fan. All right, stay on hold. Uh, our own Titch Legendary will get your info, and thanks to Fly Racing for that. Stay on hold, Phil. Yeah, man. Thanks, uh, Mathis. All right. I think that was Nicoletti at all, Weege? Yeah, I think that was Phil Nicoletti, yeah, talking about <laughs> arm pump. Hoping to get some tips. Hoping right. to get some tips. Hey, so this may not be a popular subject on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show, but I want to talk about Michael Essie. Okay. okay. Look, he's gotten a podium before in the Suzuki days. A um, couple years ago on the Motor Concepts team, he ran consistently in the top ten. Um, and he had a pretty good season. It looked like he was getting somewhere. This year, Michael Burns helping him out a lot. And I, we both like Burner. Burner's a smart guy. That's got to be working. He's won two heat races this year in perhaps the deepest field in a long time. But yet, his best finish, he's gotten one top ten. I can't figure out if Michael Essie is having a good season or not. On points, on paper, it's not. But he's won a couple. I think, I mean, for most, and that, that, I'm going to have to, can we go back to the Wilson thing? Can we go back there? Oh, yeah, sure, we can. Sure, why not? Talked about enough? Yeah. I think for the most part in this sport, uh, results, it's the same thing with Wilson. That's the argument I'm making. The result doesn't actually matter. It's how well he's ridden. Same thing with Villapoto, where I'm saying the points lead doesn't matter. He's probably more mad about how well he's ridden. For the most part, I think how well you're riding is actually a bigger thing. Because if you ride well and you ride fast, you can leave the track saying, like, okay, I had something stupid happen, but next week that won't happen, and then I'll podium or win or top five, depending on what your situation is. I would think for most riders, and I think Alessi is riding better than he had uh, last year. Unfortunately for the Alessis, they will take every victory they can, and they look at 
you know, if they can get seventh in points instead of eighth, that actually matters to them. You and I know personally that most riders do not care about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so unfortunately for Mike, he probably does care that the results haven't been there, even though it really doesn't matter. You win those heat races and get some starts and show some speed. That's really all that matters. Where is he in points? I don't even know. Does anyone know? Does anyone care? Yeah, I mean, I can tell you. He is uh, 14th. Yeah, but the difference being if he was in 11th or 14th in points, nobody would care except them. And I'd say that most riders in that position wouldn't yeah, even but, care okay. themselves. You're, you're telling me what they care about, and, and what they care about isn't really what I'm worried about. He's won two heat you're races. You're what I think? Yes. I think he's ridden better than last year, and that's all that matters. Okay, yeah. I do too, but yet yeah. there he is, 14th, and but a couple of heat race wins, you know? I think the point is that, honestly, until you just told me they only had one top ten, I would have never thought that I'm shocked. Yeah. Because one. just based on how well he's ridden, I would have thought for sure he'd have three or four half yeah. the races or something. Right? Yeah. So, but that's all you're trying to do. You're just making that impression on people like, oh, Leslie was good. You leave the track saying, oh, Leslie was good tonight. Right. And they've right. done that a lot this year. Uh, and, of course, he had the tickle thing, which, you know, was ridiculous. And now this weekend, Wilson got him mainly out of pure frustration more than anything else. But, uh, yeah, kind of kind of happened to uh, – Mike's had an eventful year. He's had a very eventful year. Tears, anger, fines, more anger. Yeah. Can we just strike the year thing from it, though? This is what frustrates me with the Alessis. Every time it happens, it's treated like it's the first time. He's had a, he's had a, what would you say was interesting year, or what would you call it? Eventful. 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 He's had an eventful life. He's had an eventful career. Yeah. This is the stuff that happens to them all the time. Yeah. And I'm not uh, much of a vital watcher, but, man, they put up the post of the video. Props to them. I, I totally agree. He got cleaned up by Wilson. There's no doubt about it. It was dirty. But then the person from Moto Concepts comes in later in the thread and says, if you want to defend Wilson for not having taken anyone out, Mike hasn't ever done it either. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh, really? Pickle was the that. first time Mike ever took someone out, excluding the time for the last race of the year he tried to take a dude out for a championship, stood on his bike, and tried to turn the bike off. <laughs> besides that. Really? Besides what, that. What happened to <laughs> right. being fined and disqualified from a race, stripped of rookie of the year, and moved from second to third in points? Did that not happen? <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? Revisionist history. Well, what gets me mad is that's how they frame the the world is out to get us. We haven't ever done anything wrong thing. Yeah. No, everybody's using actual history of actual events <laughs> that actually happened. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, before we let you go on here, uh, four fifty more four fifty talk. Um, does Barsha do any better next year, or from here on out? I mean. W- what do you think? It, 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 was I crazy for thinking he was going to challenge RV? Was I, no, was I don't I, think you were crazy. I think he will be better regardless of – I know the rumor is that he might not even be back on the same team next year, but regardless of if he's on the same team or not, I think he's too good to be this bad for long, right? Right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you totally on that. I don't see any uh, And I'm kind of worried about this year because I feel like he's in a contract year, right? Yeah. So they were looking for any sign, like, is this – Looking for signs. Stay or should I go? Should I stay or should I go? I think sometimes it's too easy to, I don't want to say give up, because I'm sure he's still working hard. I'm sure he's still trying. But to just be like, ah, this ain't going to work. Yeah. And then your whole season is pretty much, I mean, if you 
go to the races thinking that. I mean, that's probably not the best. Uh, well, wouldn't six times just kick his ass? Well, like I said, I don't feel like he's not trying. I'm sure he's not. He's right. still training hard. But yeah. in general, you need to have everything at 100%. If you even have a little bit of, it's like I said with Stewart, even James Stewart, as prolific of a rider and how many races he's won, even if he has something in the back of his mind, I feel like he might be like, I don't want to start with Villapoto tonight. Right, right, right. If you get a little bit of this bike or this ain't working or this season ain't working or whatever, I mean, even that little bit probably makes a difference at this level. Yeah. And before, yeah. before I let you go on the, uh, on the show here, we've got to talk about a fly racing rider, Andrew Short, fourth place in Detroit. He's been solid all year, been jumping quads, one of only yep. three guys to be top ten every race. Uh, your guy Brayton came close to uh, breaking that streak, uh, getting out of that club this weekend in Detroit with his ride. But uh, Andrew Short has been good. Sixth place in the points. Uh, you talk about uh, Tickle and, and Weimer and, and these guys, who's going to be that guy? And uh, Short is not on that upper echelon level, but he's had a good, good year. I hate to give you credit, as you know. But we did a preseason podcast, and you were beating the Andrew Short drum as loud as you can, basically saying what you just said. And the fact that you said it before the season, and it's still true now, I mean, that's pretty impressive. That's what you said. You're like, look, every year he ends up being better than those guys, better in points or any way you want to look at it. Yeah. And he is once again doing that. I mean, yeah. I know Brayton's ahead of him in points, but for the most part, yep. out of that group, He's been as good or better than the majority of them. In two hundred in two thousand and fourteen, if I'm a team owner and you gave me the exact same dollars and you could pick between Brayton and Short, I'm picking Brayton just because of age and where Brayton is. But I feel like we're still underrating Andrew Short a lot of times. I, I totally agree, man. I totally agree. And uh, especially with this recent pickup, like you know, he had a couple races where he was getting tenth and you're like, Okay, it's okay. Yeah. But but now you're seeing he's actually got even more to give. Even that was good. Right. But we're seeing he might even have more to give. I mean, hey, a podium isn't completely out of the realm, I guess, at this point. Oh, that would be amazing for sure. Maybe in Seattle. Maybe he'll wait for, you know, his home his home fans, hometown fans race. <laughs> hometown fans race. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I don't expect him to put it to Villapoto, Stu, Dungeon, Roxton straight up. But, hey, he got fourth last week. Roxton had a problem. Um, yeah. We're had the dumbest things happen ever this year, so it's not impossible. Jason Wygant, thank you for coming on the show. I don't know if you have another radio show to go on after this now. Let's make it three in a row, but thank you. I'll ask Will Hahn for tips on that. Yeah, do that. All right, thanks, bud. See ya. All right, and with that, on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show presented by NFAB, on this Wednesday afternoon, let's transition into our next guest to talk a little bit about the 250 class uh, going ahead this weekend. Jason Thomas, what's up? What's going on? Not much. Uh, hey, fly racing, uh, mountain bike gear. Uh, who knew? And uh, it looks fantastic. Tits vouched for the uh, for the jersey. So uh, fly racing, killing it in the dirt bike world, and also now uh, killing it in the mountain bike world. Yeah, we're uh, we're obviously venturing into that, and and I it's a pretty big passion for a lot of the guys that that work at the office. So uh, that that's kind of the guarantee for me that I know our products are going to be good, just because I know that they all use it every day. So they're not going to kind of settle for anything less you uh you're not a big mountain bike guy you're a road bike guy uh i'm getting into it i'm oh, actually are? working yeah. on a deal um with a uh with a bicycle shop and um uh, kind of finalizing that up and i'm getting into it i've been under the under the gun from all these guys to get out there so right. kind of looking forward to it a little bit oh, yeah yeah that should be good uh and any chance of some subway 
themed fly racing gear for the 722 at all? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, I don't know that they would let us, nor would we, you know, jump right. on it if it was our chance either. So yeah, I'm not sure you can just slap on a subway logo and call it call it all good. Yeah, I, I think teams have tried to do that, but <laughs> right. I don't know that we can pull it off. You were once a subway Honda athlete. <laughs> well, actually, absolutely, and Coke Cola. Yes, and Coke, exactly. Who can forget? Yep. Hey, I want to talk to you about 250 class a little bit, but James is on the line. He's been waiting a bit. He has a tr- question about Trey Kennard, and wouldn't you know it on pulpamex.com today, JT, your column, your weekly column is about Trey Kennard. So let's uh, let's get to James. Yeah, James, what's, what's your question about Trey Kennard? Hey, is, Kennard, is this Kennard's last year with Honda? Uh, his contract is up at the end of this year, yes. Do you mean – do you think he has to have an outstanding year outdoors? Or do you think, like, how long do you think Honda will stick to him before they kind of say, you know, enough is enough with all the injuries? What do you think, JT? You think he goes back? Um, yeah, I, I do. I think that, uh, I think he fits with Honda's image. I think he fits what they want. Uh, he got, he can win races. I don't think that's ever been a question with him. And as we all know, that's kind of the, uh, the golden ticket is if you're, you're able to win races, you're going to find yourself in a good spot most of the time. So it looks like he'll be going back to Honda. Oh, all right. Well, thank you. That's all I had. All right. Thank you. Yeah, I think we can, we can, well, I shouldn't say we can lock that in, but I really, really feel that that's going to happen. Like I I feel pretty strong about it. Yeah. I think, I think that'd be good. I mean, he's, Man, the injury thing really sucks. I had a team manager tell me, like, you know, how can we depend on him? And I, I had no comeback. Uh, besides- yeah, I get it, for sure. No, it's uh, for any team that's out there, perspective that's kind of that's wanting to hire Trey, I totally get that part. But I think he has such a, an established relationship with Honda now, going back to when he won a you know, 250 outdoor title for them and Supercross. Um, I, I just think that they want him around and they believe in him and, they're kind of sticking by him and hoping that it kind of pays off down the road. Or, you know, at least you can even look at it as rewarding him for the, you know, the things he's done for them in the past. You know, I I just don't think they want to let go of him. Yeah, no, I I agree. And it's good to see. A lot of teams would just say, see you later. So that's good. You know, um, RCH went through that with Josh Hill. They certainly got nothing out of him for a couple years. And, uh, you know, he's not setting the world on fire this year, but he's doing okay. And, uh, you know, they have a good rider, and they've stuck by him. It's good to see in our sport. Well, I think, I think too, this is one of those rare cases. It doesn't happen a lot, but one of those rare cases where teams actually do look at, is he the type of guy we want to keep around? Do we really, really like him? Right. You know, a lot of times this sport's so cutthroat, and they're like, oh, I don't care if we like him or not. He's not doing good enough, or he's hurt, or getting <laughs> right, rid of him. Right. But I think this is one time where it's actually playing in someone's favor. So many things behind the scenes, how you handle – uh, dealership signings, how you handle fans, how easy are you to do these interviews that these teams want you to do? Uh, how are you with the corporate uh, management? There's so many things behind the scenes that go into keeping a rider. Oh, I think that's very apparent. Um, I, you know, I used to kind of deal with the opposite of that with Chad a lot. Was and you know this very well that Chad was really hard to deal with and isn't always the easiest to deal with even today. And you know, it, I think it bit him at times. I really think that yeah. there were teams out there that when he was winning, it's all fine. You can you can kind of have it your way and, and do the things that you want to do. Uh, that's Burger King. But, oh, oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> you know, once, you, once things aren't going your way, that dynamic changes a little bit. And, you know, with the Kawasaki thing, and, and those teams are kind of like, yeah, you were a jerk to us all these years, and, yeah. and now you, you, know, you kind of need us. Well, guess what? You know, we're not there anymore. So. No, I think the uh, – the, uh, Chad Reed at Kawasaki pulling off the track at Mailville, uh, basically being done with Parts Unlimited, 
after years and years of high dollar rides. I mean, that, I don't think, you know, that bridge is burnt from both yep. sides. So you're absolutely right. All right, let's get into let's get into uh, 250s a little bit. Uh, Cien Cirillo, 17-point lead. Cien Cirillo, Cien Cirillo, whatever, however you want to say it. Uh, Just say, say AC. It's, it's much easier. I, I, how about the Rulo dog? I don't, I don't know where – I don't know about that one. I, don't, I didn't get it. Well, Rulo. Was Cien- it from Red Dog? No, Ru- Rude Dog. I don't know what Rude Dog is. Yeah, I'm probably dating myself with that 80s reference. Is that is that um, is that like a dog bounty hunter? No, no, it's like McGruff the crime dog. Oh, uh, I know, I know him. Oh, okay, I know who he is. Um, so, what about Jason Derulo? He's a singer. All right, so AC's gone one two one two one. So this weekend he's got to get second, right? It's in the script. Yeah, I know. Weeds loves that theory where you just go out there and yep, you're gonna get second. Yeah. That's all I gotta do. No, I, I don't know. I, you know that class is so unpredictable, and you watch those races, and man, you you're like cringe, cringing when you're watching these guys because they make mistakes, and you're wondering if they're gonna crash and all kinds of stuff. So, here, here's, yeah, if you're, if you're just looking at it on paper, I say that, but man, it's here's <laughs> that's a pred- kind of what we're talking about. Good. Here's a prediction for you. I think that crash and what happened in the main event in Detroit takes the wind out of Martin Davalos' sails. I think he, that he has to wake up on Monday morning or Sunday morning and just be sore all over. And uh, I think that takes the wind out of his sails from here on out. I really do. I don't know because I think that he was he was battling for this title, but he, he really – I don't think the pressure was on him. I think the pressure has been on AC since Dallas, the checker flag flew at Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Martin went out and got his win, and I think at this point it, the pressure comes off a little bit, and he can just go out there and and not stress about the points. He can just go try to win the race. You know, so mm-hmm. I almost kind of think the opposite, where it may help him not ride nervous or not ride okay. under championship pressure because he's never done that. You know, Adam, Adam's never done it, obviously, but I don't think Martin has ever done it either. So, no, yeah. I think that was weighing on him a bit, and, and obviously he's made mistakes throughout his whole career. But maybe we'll see him. You know ride a little bit looser and take away that mistake. I say the opposite. So let's see what happens. Um, yep, and I think you can make a case for either one. I really do. That's uh, the cool thing. At this point, I'm starting to lean towards, and I, I don't I don't like using this term, but Blake Baggett just could be just a basket case. He just, it's just possible he's a basket case. You know what? He just can't get a start. I mean. But he got one at Daytona. Yeah, and he I mean, he killed it, it, you know. What? He had but, it figured out. And that's what he said. Yeah. He's like, I got it. I got Nailed it. Nailed it. I worked with Kurt Hendrickson. Look for me a whole shot right, here on out. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. what happened this mm-hmm. weekend? Like, it's just got to be mental. It's got to be. He's got the ability. He's former race winner, you know, national champion. He's got the ability. It's just got to be upstairs, I think, with this guy. I don't think so. I think it's just uh, some guys are great starters and some are not quite as good at it. I really do. Then I think it's technique. I think it's reaction time. I think there's a lot of things. Then why does he get it? In Daytona. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's, you're never going to get a good start, but I think, you know, on a consistent basis, and you have to remember, too, the dirt of Daytona was totally different. It was like sandy, softer clay with a huge, deep rut in it, and the inside completely ruled the day at Daytona, too. So if you go back and look at all the starts at Daytona, everyone on the inside got a good start every single time. Okay, so I'll give you that. Pretty, all right, yeah. yeah, it was pretty easy to kind of uh, narrow down his chances a little bit there. Okay. All right. yeah, but I, I don't think that he's intimidated by these guys, which I think is a huge part of getting bad starts consistently is if you're just 
not quite mentally ready to go out and win. Uh-huh. But I don't think that's the case with him. I think he's pissed off that he's not winning, and he's trying to get to the front. I don't think he's holding back. All right, let's get to Carlos here on line one. Carlos, what's up? Welcome to the Fly Racing Moto 60 show presented by NFAB. Uh, you got a question about Team Honda? Yeah. Um, I know that Eric Kehoe quit or got fired or whatever happened. I don't remember if it was last year or the year before, but are there any whispers about like that having anything to do with any struggles or – with like, with Barsha, have you heard anything about that? With Barsha, yeah, Barsha or the bike in general, or uh, you know what, uh, Ke- Honda guys are pretty segmented with their uh, roles. Keo didn't have a lot to do with the bike; he's management, oh. you know. But so I wouldn't think the bike had anything to do with. it, But I know Barsha and his family were not happy about that. Keo basically had a salary dispute with Honda, um, and and just said, "All right, I'm out." And uh, they were not pumped, and they're still not pumped about Keo. Uh, leaving Honda, they were kind of told that he would be their guy, and they loved him and and all that. So they're they're not happy about that. It's hard to say how much a role a, a manager has in, in your racing, but if the rider is not happy, then I guess there is a bit of a role. But as far as bike goes, Dan Bentley, Shane Drew, uh, those are the guys behind the motors, chassis, and suspension, and you know I don't think Eric had as much to do with with that kind of stuff. So okay, yeah, I didn't know, and also uh, just about the baggage thing. Even his start in Daytona wasn't that great. If you watch him out of the gate, he actually got a horrible start. He pulled a pretty crazy, like, Chad Reed making moves, first or second corner kind of thing to really get up there. But even then, he's just horrible out of the gate, I think. Yeah, it could be. Just a bad start. That was actually a great point because I was was talking about that at home watching on TV that he did. He he went from fifth or sixth to, to first in, like, two turns. Yeah, I, so, mean, I remember. That's actually a good point. Yeah, I remember him being fourth or thinking he was about fourth or fifth, which you know. But like you said, yeah, he he went around the outside of the first bump and then went around the outside of Adam, and it was one of those things where you see James get to the front or his the former James, like oh seven oh eight James, he would always be at the front within yeah. three turns. Yeah, you know, it was kind of one of those moves. Right. All right. Thanks, Carlos. All right. Thanks. Bye. Uh, yeah, it's uh, interesting to, to see. All right. So, does Bogle get a win? Before the season's over, the East Coast guys right now, uh, four more rounds, Toronto, St. Louis, Jersey Stadium, and Vegas. I certainly think it's possible. Um, I know it's possible, but I want want a yes or no. I want a yes or no. If you okay, if you would ask me before last weekend, it would have been a hard no. Yep. But now I'm much more inclined to say yes. I don't think he does. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with yes. Okay. But okay. it would have been. It would. It, it really, really changed my mind this weekend. I would have said absolutely not. Right. Before last weekend. I say no. I say, pro circuit guys are just just too good. Adams. Adams. Yeah, so, it's easy to make yeah, that argument. Yeah, Adams is, is uh, far surpassing what what I thought he could do indoors. Getting. A win. I think every. I think that surpasses yeah. what everyone thought he could do. Getting a win. Okay, I'll give you that. But uh, being a like I said, one going one two one two one. It's pretty amazing. Tits, well, and I, oh. I had been listening to Dino and guys at the Pro Circuit track all saying he was the slowest guy. He wasn't on their pace. You know, he was going to do okay, yeah. but we'll see how it goes. He's a great starter, so maybe that'll help him. Not this, by any means. Well, I had heard the same thing. So that's, you know, the week before the East start, I asked Alden and RV, is the kid going to do anything? Like, I'm worried. I hear, I hear bad things. And they're both like, no, no, he's going to win races. Don't worry. But uh, Tits, does Bogle win? This weekend? No. In or just in general? A race. No. 
All right, here we go. Tits is weighed in. JT. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, so I'm to give you. There's there's only a few races left, and yeah, it's four races. He he's doing amazing, but I that's just yeah. yeah. There you go, JT. Yeah, it's either yeah. There's only two possible answers. So yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, one thing about Bogle though, uh, really good riding style, right? Like you watch him on the bike, man. He has a he has a good style. Lots of swag. Yeah, leg swag, arm swag, swag <laughs> swag, swag. Is it possible to have swag swag? Um. Hey, uh, Jeremy Martin, we've talked a lot about him, and certainly he's struggling a bit. But this weekend, he was uh, way back in the beginning. I guess he must have fell in the opening laps. Uh, ended up with a uh, eighth. It was just bad. got a really bad start. Didn't he? You don't think he fell? Didn't he just got a bad start? Uh, you know what? Maybe he did fall. I, you might be right. He I thought was, that was in the heat race, though. He, oh, he fell in the heat for sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he did. I think uh, he was just way back there. And that was a really terrible opening lap, for sure, if, if he didn't stumble or fall. Anyways, so 22nd to 8th. It's better. It's better. It's better, but it's not good. <laughs> uh, it's just not. I mean, he wrote, I thought he rode pretty good at Daytona. I watched him a lot. Not great. He was pretty far off the leaders, but right. this weekend he was way off the leaders. You know, I, I don't know. It's just what, what? His qualifying times weren't bad, but when it gets into the racing and the whoops, and he's just got some serious flaws right now in his game. What about uh, him re-signing with Star for two more years? It's pretty surprising considering we know that Mitch was interested or, you know, Mitch had kind of verbally said, hey, I think, you know, yeah. we, got, we got something here. Um, and especially given his struggles so far. You know, I, yeah. I don't know what the terms were. Maybe they made it, you know, worth his while. And who knows what Mitch kind of was offering. I, I'm sure Mitch felt like he had a ton of leverage right. uh, the yeah. way yeah. from where Jeremy's, you know, results are. Yeah. So who knows? That could, you know, we've seen Davos take that same basic decision because of the money. You know, that somebody offered you three times as much money. It's hard to say no. Whether it's a wise decision or not, it's hard to say no. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I'm with you. If If he's winning this year or – you know, just doing decent this year, then hey, wh- why go? Why go green? Like, why go to another right. team? Everything's great, but with the struggles this year, you'd think a lot, a lot of riders have a hard time looking in the mirror. So uh, maybe a rider looks at something else, looks at his team, looks at his bike, and says, "I'm out of here." You know what I mean? This is why I'm doing bad. So um, I don't know. Yeah, interesting to see. All right, last uh, last call here on the Fly Racing Moto Sixty Show from Seth. I think it's Seth Rogan. No. That would be cool. Maybe Seth Greenberg. Seth, what's up, man? Hey, hey, how we doing? Hey, with uh, with Detroit and New York City both uh, being, I, I think a lot of guys for the Toronto round. Um, there's a lot of guys that kind of get pulled into Toronto, like that. That probably went to Detroit, and then uh, and now New York City too. Do you think attendance is going to be down at all in New York? Yeah, because I'm from Western New York, and I know there's uh, most of my buddies are already saying. You know, they're going to skip Toronto to go to New York City, even though it's a little bit of a further drive. But I'm assuming the same thing happens with Detroit because I know there's usually a lot of Michigan plates up there, too. Wygant has this theory that attendance at Supercrosses is not uh, not local. It is a draw of everybody from all over the place that go to your closest race, Atlanta or whatever. So he figures that New York is going to be strong. Uh, you have a point, though, Seth. I guess it's hard to say. Let's Let's wait until the race happens. But... I mean, you're from Western New York, and your buddies are skipping Toronto. So, 
Maybe that's maybe that's not a good sign for Toronto. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. So I didn't know if that uh, if that you know I'm sure people take that into consideration, but uh, it'll be interesting to see. And then uh, one one last quick question: if uh, if you were say I know you guys are trying to rent out Denny, where would you go if you were Denny after after the race? Uh, where would you go? If we, in Toronto, oh, uh, renting out Denny. Um, well, Denny would might want to go to a strip club, I would think. Um, if not uh, a strip club, then maybe Houston's for the DMX after party. Houston's a good, right. nice little bar. Thanks. All right, Thanks, well, sounds good. Thank All you. Right. All right, it's really hard, JT, to put yourself in the minds of Denny and try to figure out what you. Scary place to be. Nineteen ninety, one twenty-five East Coast, Supercross champion. All right, give me some predictions this weekend, JT. Does Stu win to go ahead of Carmichael in one less race and become, quote-unquote, a better Supercross rider? Does he this weekend? Yeah. Uh, man, that's tough. It, like we said all year, if he gets out front and doesn't crash, good chance. I I, I gave up trying to predict what Stu's going to do. It, it's <laughs> You completely impossible. Uh, I've seen him look absolutely horrendous in practice. Come out and kick everybody's butt in the race. Yeah, and I've seen him look just impossible to beat. There's just no way he's not winning this race, and he gets eleven. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I, there's no way to tell. Does AC win? I think he does. Yep, I do. Um, I think he's on. He's on a roll right now. I just. Uh, Unless something crazy happens, which it always could. He's young. He doesn't have a ton of experience with this, but he's just looked the most solid and the least mistakes, and he gets to start every single time. So how do you pick against him, really? Yeah. No, you're probably right. I can't wait for Toronto. I can't wait. I can't wait to see the rollerball. Can't wait to have Putin. Just can't wait for Toronto. Just You know, I don't, I don't think that the, uh, the races are going to take away from attendance. I really don't. I think Toronto has its own crowd. I think people like Toronto because it's Toronto. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the same people always go to Toronto because it, it's Canada and all those cool factors. You know, people fly in from all over Canada to go to Toronto. And then I think New York definitely won't have any impact because everyone's excited to go to New York Supercross. I mean, yeah. it's we haven't been there in so long. I think it's going to, you know, get close to selling out. I, I, I just don't see it. I think the... Detroit could have been the one that would have been the most affected. The other two are just so unique, and, and you know, New York being the first time there in 25 years, I, I don't think it. I think it's going to be awesome. Where Are you staying in the Dome this weekend? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm staying. I don't actually know where I'm staying. Uh, staying in the Dome. I, I stayed there a lot of times, though, and, oh, and awesome. I may end up staying with Chad, but I don't think so. I think I'm staying with the team. He stays in the Dome, huh? Uh, usually, but he's not racing this year, so yeah. he was kind of giving me the question mark the other day. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, who knows. All right, buddy, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. All right, guys, have a good one. All right, see ya. Jason Thomas, everybody, Fly Racing Zone. Jason Thomas. Fly Racing designs its racewear to complement a rider's natural movements on the motorcycle. No unnecessary distractions. Straightforward, no nonsense. Function, fit, and style. Fly Racing products distributed exclusively in the United States by Western Power Sports. And we thank Fly Racing for giving away the uh, mountain bike kit. Awesome. And, of course, NFAB. N-Fab.com, proud sponsors of JGR Yamaha, Brayton, Grant, Nicoletti. Also hand-built in Houston, Texas to deliver world-class quality for your Jeep, truck, or SUV. Check them out, N-Fab.com. 
This has been the Fly Racing Moto 60 Show, presented by NFAB Tits. Thanks for coming in. No problem. Good times. We will see you guys next Thursday. Thanks for sticking in for this Wednesday show. See you next Thursday. Thank you.